0: His name is above every other name. Amen? The Bible says, and we'll get into it eventually as we study the book of Philippians, because it's in the second chapter of Philippians, the Bible talks about that God has given him, Jesus, a name that is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Can you say Amen to the glory of God the Father? Hallelujah! Well, open your Bibles tonight with me to the book of Philippians, and we have been, of course, we've been out of sorts for a few weeks here, and uh, we began, we began Philippians and gave uh, an, uh, did a message of introduction to this epistle. I think I did one more lesson on this uh, first chapter, the first couple of verses, first few verses, but um, and then we had revival, then we were closed down for a couple of weeks. so we want to get back into our study tonight. And I won't uh, be too lengthy this evening, okay? But in Philippians chapter 1, we invite you to turn there tonight. And uh, looking, I'm going to begin reading with verse number 3 in Philippians chapter 1. Verse number 3, share some things from from these few verses of Scripture. Amen. Paul says this in writing to this church. He says, I thank my God. Notice this. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making request for you all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this very thing. Now, he's saying something here. He said, I'm confident of this. I got no doubt about this. I'm persuaded of this. I'm sure about this. How many know there's some things we need to be confident and sure and persuaded of? And he says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Just as it is right for me to think this of you all, because I have you, notice, I have you in my heart. And as much as both <clears throat> in my chains and in the, in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers with me of grace. For God is my witness, how greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, we've talked about how that Paul started, <clears throat> excuse me, started this church. He began this church um, at, at Philippi, and uh, we went to Acts 16, and we looked at some of that, you know, and gave the foundation and the background of Paul's founding the church of the Philippians, the church there at Philippi, the church, the church there, this church in Macedonia. And... Um, when Paul founded this church, I mean uh, we can see now this is ten years later that he 's writing this letter to this church to um, he he 's heard some things about some um, Some just not major issues, but there was a problem with some unity there among a few of the saints. He's writing to correct that. But um, Paul is writing basically to uh, encourage these believers, encourage this church. And when you read this letter, and I think I mentioned this uh, in our last lesson, but um, it was obvious that there was a love. This is actually a love letter from a pastor to his church and um, it's so obvious here in this letter as we see the love between the apostle Paul that Paul has for these believers and for this church and I believe that this church at Philippi was actually um, one of Paul's if not Paul's favorite church and I know people would say well you shouldn't have favorites and and that's true we don't show partiality with people, but we do know that this church... Um, at Philippi held a special place in the heart of Paul I mean we talked about the church a little bit Sunday morning from the, from 2nd Corinthians and mentioned the church at Corinth and Paul had to deal with some issues at that church at Corinth I mean they had some problems they were a carnal bunch they were a fighting bunch they were a fleshly bunch and Paul had to get severe with them and straighten them out but he doesn't have any word of correction basically no mention of sin or anything that this Philippian church is doing wrong but it's it's, it's as you read this letter, and we'll see as we go through, how that this is a favorite of Paul's. These are some of his favorite saints in his favorite church. And when he writes here, there's four different times in these verses that he uses the phrase, you all. And it's showing that by using that, how that they are on his mind and how that they are on his thoughts constantly and all the time. There's three statements that Paul makes here in these verses in this first chapter. uh, Three statements that he makes showing his concern about this Philippian church. In verse number three he says, I thank God upon every remembrance of you. So first of all that tells me that he's thinking about this church on a continual basis. He's got this church and these people on his mind he's remembering them he's thinking about them and uh, every time Paul thinks about them he says he gives thanks to God did you notice that he said upon every remembrance that I have upon you I thank my God and so what does this show us and tell us it tells us that Paul when he thought of this church here's what an awesome church it was when he thought about them and these believers it filled his heart with joy now remember Paul's writing this letter from a jail he's not he's not in the the Hampton Inn somewhere you know he's in a a jailhouse. he's in a prison he's locked up but you know what there's something that you notice here about Paul when you're reading this letter that even though he's in jail Paul's not talking about himself he's not talking about how bad he's got it he's not talking about how hard the bed is there and how he can't sleep well he's not talking about how terrible the food is but but he's talking about them and he's giving thanks to god for them for this church for these people and so when he thinks of them his heart his emotions are flooded with joy amen and um what, you know, when I, when I was studying this, I thought about, you know, you, what, just stop and think about this for a minute. What kind of emotions do people have when they think about you? Okay, we'll go on. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I mean, listen, when you call somebody and they see your name on the caller ID, what's the first thing they think of? Are they filled with joy? Can they not wait to pick up the phone and talk? Amen. Uh, Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, that's what this, this church filled Paul's heart with joy. Every thought that he had for them, he said, I've got you in my remembrance and you're on my mind. Amen. I don't guess there's a day that... Goes by, I know there's not, but what this church and you folks are not on my mind. I'm thinking about you, and I can say this. I rejoice when I think about the faithful saints of God here at Abundant Life Family Church. Can I get an amen? But in verse 4, he said, always in every prayer of mine, making a quest for you all. So not only did he have them, this church, on his mind and in his mind, but when he thought of them, he had, had them in his Prayers. Amen. He said, in every, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all you know Paul was a man of prayer he was a man that prayed a lot even though he was in the prison locked up he still did not let that hinder him from prayer from having a prayer life and we all need to have a prayer life where we commune and fellowship with the Lord every day at some time during the day as a matter of fact the Bible tells us to pray without ceasing isn't that right but Paul said uh, that he made requests every time he thought of this church and these believers, he prayed for them. He had them in his prayer. He said, I'm always in every prayer, not just once in a while, not once a week, not every other day, but he said, every time I pray, I make requests for you all for this church. And, uh, you know, that's a good definition of prayer right there when he said, I make requests For you all. That's a good definition of prayer because prayer, a big part of prayer is making requests. Amen? For asking God to move in our lives, in other people's lives. And how many believe tonight that we need to pray for each other, pray for one another, make requests for one another? He said, I'm making requests for you. To request something is to petition, to ask God, to go to the Lord and say, Lord, my brother has... A need, or our church has a need, or Brother Jim has a need, and 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 I'm asking you and making requests on his behalf or her behalf, asking you to move in their life. Amen. Hallelujah. In Philippians chapter four, you know Paul talks about the uh, uh, about prayer there, and one of my favorite verses uh, in Philippians four and six, he says that. We are to be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. What did he say? Let your requests be made known to God with thanksgiving. So, um, request, prayer, prayer is praising God, it's worshiping God, but prayer is also. Asking God and making requests of God for needs and for individuals with thanksgiving. Jesus said, ask, in Matthew 7, 7. He said, ask and you might receive. No, that isn't what he said, was it? He said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it Shall be open. And you know, in the Greek, in the Greek and the Amplified translation also brings this out where Jesus was saying, Keep on asking, keep on seeking, and keep on knocking, and God will answer your prayer. And when you, when you take those three words that Jesus used there Matthew 7, 7, ask, seek, and knock, the first three letters of each word spell what? A-S-K, ask. So Paul is saying, I have you in my mind. I have you in my prayer. And notice verse number 7. He says this. He says this. And I have you in my heart in my heart so there's another place Paul had this church you know that's a good place to keep people It's to keep people to have people on on your heart amen that that God will place do you realize God will place individuals on your heart to pray for to think about when God listen when God brings somebody to your mind throughout the day places an individual on your heart you know it'd be a good thing to do would be to pray for them to, to say Lord I I don't know if they got a need, but you've put them on my the heart. I want to pray for them today. And that's a good place to pe- keep people is to have them on your heart. That shows, listen, when you've got someone on your heart, that shows a, an affection for them, that you have a love for them, that you have a care for them. Is that right? That, you, that you're concerned about them. You know, some, I, that, That's why we need to have people on our heart. Some people, some people get on your nerves. <laughs> some some people nobody here tonight does all right but you know some people do get on your nerves some people get in your stomach and, uh, what do you mean by that? Well, they keep, keep you upset. They keep you worked up all the time. Some people get in your neck and are a pain in the neck. But again, nobody here tonight's like that. But Paul said to this concerning this church, again, showing how much he cared for them. He said, I have you on my heart. He loved them. They were on his heart and he prayed for them. Amen. You know, in the, in the Old Testament, I just finished, got a little behind on my Bible reading when I was sick because I just didn't feel like doing anything, but, I just finished up uh, reading, uh, starting over again in Genesis and reading through Exodus and uh, read just recently about that uh, the high priest, you know, when God gave Moses the instructions for making the garments of the high priest and the ephod that the high priest wore. And uh, on that ephod, Brother Jim was the breastplate. You remember reading about the breastplate that, that, that was, that covered the heart of that high priest and on that breastplate if you'll remember there were 12 stones there were four was it four rows of three stones each there were 12 stones on that breastplate and engraved in each one of those stones was what? the names of the, child, the tribes of Israel, the children of Israel, the twelve tribes was engraved upon those stones and that that breastplate with those stones with the names of the children of Israel was on the over the heart of the high priest when he went into the holy of holies and went into the presence of God amen, he went in there with God's people on his heart, I don't know if that means anything to you or not but that's what we need tonight is to have one another on our mind have us in our prayers and have people on our heart can i get an amen praise god now notice this and I'm, i'm i'm gonna try to get through this rather quickly but paul mentions in verse number five About the joy of fellowship. Notice that. In verse 4 and 5, he says, Always in every prayer of mine, making requests for y'all with joy, notice, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day till now. For your fellowship in the gospel. Now that word fellowship in the Greek is the word konania, and that word means to have something in common. To be interested in the same thing with someone. We have fellowship. This church, you know, we refer to the church, the body of believers as a Fellowship why is that we have fellowship with one another because we have something in common with each other when when you think of fellowship you think of uh you know a fellow we have a fellowship hall in the back of the church where we get together and have fellowship and we have meals together and and refreshments at times and and we think about fellowship you know in that re, in that respect and then that form and that is a type of fellowship but fellowship is having something in common with someone else and being interested in the same thing someone, uh, somebody defined fellowship as two fellows in the same ship Amen. So we're 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 in the. Well, listen, we are in the same boat. Amen. We're we're in the same ship. Um, but Paul here, when he speaks of fellowship, Paul is talking about fellowship on a spiritual on a spiritual plane. He's speaking of a spiritual fellowship. In chapter 2, if you'll look at that, and I, I, I didn't give them this to put up there, but in chapter 2 and verse 1, Paul speaks there of the fellowship of the Spirit a fellowship of the Spirit and then in the, in, in verse number 5 he, he speaks of, of, of chapter 1 the fellowship of the gospel so there's the fellowship of the gospel and there's the fellowship of the Spirit two areas of fellowship so what's he talking about he's talking about our fellowship being on a spiritual plane or a spiritual basis something spiritual he's speaking of something spiritual that brings people together that we have in common spiritually you and I tonight here in this sanctuary we all have something in common spiritually. There's a fellowship that we have in the spirit and in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because listen, I believe everybody here tonight is saved. Everybody here tonight is a part of of the family of God. You've been born again and washed in the blood of Jesus and you've made him the Lord of your life. And so when you get saved, when when we got saved, we were born into the family of God and brought into the fellowship of God in the family of God and into fellowship with God the Father and with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We have a communion and we have, as children of God now, a relationship with Jesus, with the Heavenly Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. At one time, we were aliens. We were outside of the covenants of promise. We were not a part of the family of God. We were lost. We were on our way to hell. We were under the dominion and the power and the control of Satan. How many knows what I'm talking about? But praise God, one day the Holy Ghost got a hold of your heart and life, brought you to Jesus, cleaned you up. You came to Jesus and were born again and adopted into the family of God. Your name down in heaven praise God forever I'm about to have a, a Holy Ghost spell here tonight amen and we were brought in fellowship now we are in relationship and fellowship with God as our father and with the Lord Jesus Christ we're not on the outside looking in we are in the family of God amen Oh, that's awesome. That's, pr- that's great. So with that being said, he also, when we were born again, we were brought into fellowship with the saints. We are now a family. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. Someone um, that has received the Lord Jesus, everyone that has been born again and has received the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, are no, you're in a new fellowship. You cannot continue to be in fellowship with the unsaved because we're now miles apart from those who do not know Jesus Christ. We're in a different family. There's a different relationship. Can I get an amen? And we can still have friendships with people that are unsaved. And we must in order to witness to them and win them to Jesus we don't get, we, we're not in the place listen we're not in some place of spiritual pride or anything where Christians feel that they're better than anybody else because we're not the only thing that makes us different is the grace of God listen it's not anything that you have done or I have done to merit eternal life it's all about what Jesus has done and he's brought us into his family can I get an amen tonight but there, there is a friend I have unsaved friends. Do you have unsaved friends? I have family that is unsaved. But there's a different fellowship and relationship that I have with you all, as Paul referred to the church, with you all. There's a different fellowship that the saints have with one another than you have with unsaved friends and family. Do Do you follow what I'm saying? Because, listen... Um, you and I... That are born again, you that are saved, believers now have an interest in spiritual things. We we are interested in the things of the Spirit, the things of the gospel. That's what we have in common is that we have a heavenly Father and we're now interested in the things of God and the things of Christ and the gospel. He said, Our fellowship is in the gospel and in the Spirit. Amen. Our fellowship revolves around Jesus. Jesus, remember before you got saved, and then after you got saved, your desires changed. Is that right? I, I uh, you know, I, I, my desires changed. I, the things that I used to love when I was in the world before I was saved, you know, those things that I loved then, when I got born again, my desires changed. Your desires changed. You didn't love those things anymore. The only one can do that for you is Jesus. The only one that can change a person like that is Jesus. Amen. You take somebody that's, that's, you know, that's in the world and they, 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 they go to the bars and they go you know, to, the, to the nightclubs and they do those things and live in the world... Well, those are the things they love. They're fellowships in the world. But once the Lord gets a hold of them and they come to Christ and they get saved, they get born again, there's a completely different change in their desires. When I got saved, the things that that I was doing that Saturday night before I got saved on that Sunday morning, when I got saved that Sunday morning... I didn't want no part of those things anymore. Do you follow what I'm saying? There was a difference. And Paul said in Ephesians 5 and 11, he said, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. And I know that you know there's, that, that, that's a problem a lot of times in young converts' lives because they get saved, they get born again, but they think they can still fellowship with those same that same group and go and run with that same group of people that they did before they got saved. And what usually happens is that group that's in darkness, will pull that young convert right back out into that same lifestyle that God delivered them out of. That's why Paul said we we don't have fellowship with the unfruitful works of, of darkness. When you get saved, you love Jesus. The world doesn't. When you get saved, you have a love now for the Word of God. You have a love now for church, for good. Christian music, gospel music. Come on, amen? You want to come to the house of God. There's a desire there to worship the Lord. Praise God, because we have a fellowship with one another. Our fellowship is in the gospel and in the Lord Jesus Christ. But praise God. I, I could go on about that. You've heard me told, tell my story before. You know, I, the week after I got saved, those guys that I partied with they came to see me, knocked on the door, and I went and I just told them, I said, Well, guys, listen, I've got saved. I don't, I don't drink no more. I don't do those things anymore. And you know what? I, I just told them what Jesus had done for me. And you know what they did? They said, adios. <laughs> they, listen, they didn't, I, I didn't have to tell them not to come back, and I wouldn't have done that, but when I told them what Jesus had done for me, that there was a change, there was a difference, there was a break in that fellowship, amen? We're made new in Christ. Let me close this out. And uh, verse, look at verse number six. I want to talk about the assurance of completion because I'm talking to you. Paul was saying here in this sixth verse that God will finish what he starts. God will finish what he starts. And I want to look at this assurance of completion in verse number six. Being confident of this very thing that he who has begun... A good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He who has begun a good work in you. And Paul said, this isn't something that I just think might happen. He said, this is something that I'm very confident of, of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in you will complete it will complete it. What's the good work he's talking about? He that's begun a good work. The good work that God has begun in you and in me is the work of salvation. Amen? Salvation is a definite work, but it's like sanctification. It's a definite and progressive work. We are saved. We are being saved. And we will be saved amen praise God it's a it's a progressive thing praise God but but um, notice he said that there's a good work and this good work is the work of salvation and Paul was saying that God will complete the work of salvation in your life that which he started he will complete it in your life as you remain loyal and faithful to Him, and continue to believe and to trust in Him. How many believe that? The the thing that's required of you is faith and obedience. You believe the Lord, you follow the Lord, and He does the work in your life. Now, when He's talking about this good work, He talks about the initiation of this good, good work. The good work of salvation that God has begun in you. Do you know who initiated that work? Who begun that work of salvation in you? He did. God did you didn 't initiate your salvation. God is the one that initiated He has begun Paul said a good work in you. he mentioned in verse five he said uh, concerning this church from the first day until now well the first day that he 's referring to was that first day that they got saved that he came and preached the gospel at the riverside, and Lydia the seller of purple and her family got saved and that day that 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 he was that he he and Silas were there in Philippi, and that demon possessed girl was following them. Remember, and and the Holy Spirit moved upon Paul, and he turned around and rebuked the demon, and and that girl got saved, and she couldn't tell fortunes anymore. She became a part of that church, and then they got thrown in jail, and and an earthquake came and set them free as they praised God at midnight, and the jailer got saved. He was about ready to commit suicide, but God saved the jailer and his family that night and Paul's writing this letter saying from the first day till now, from the first day you got saved till now, God has kept you. God is going to complete the work in you. I can just hear, I can just see as they were reading this letter at Philippi and Lydia was saying, yeah, I remember that first day down by the river. The, The demon possessed girl was saying, I remember that day that I was set free. The jailer said, I remember that day. How many Y'all remember that first day when Jesus came into your life and set you free and made you a child of Almighty God. (laughs) Woo, hallelujah. I remember that day. I remember that day, that first day that I came to Jesus, that I was born again, that I passed from death into life. I think of that old song the Henson family used to sing, I never shall. Forget that day when all the burden of my heart my soul was rolled away. I'll never forget that day. I'll never forget that day. I've talked to people that said, I don't remember when I got saved. It just happened. I tell you what, when I got born again, I was there. I When I passed from death to life, I remember that experience. Then that very first day that Jesus saved my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He initiated it. That morning, that Sunday morning, I had been part. Party and the night before that Sunday morning, I had no no desire, no no. no plans of going to church but the Holy Spirit of God invaded that apartment that morning got a hold of my life and I said we're going to church I got saved that day I didn't initiate that I didn't sit down and plan that the Holy Ghost the God of heaven got a hold Jesus got a hold of my life and thank God he won't let me go and I don't want him to let me go amen Woo, He initiated that that day, and I'm so glad He did. Let me tell you something. Listen to me, saints. Don't ever, don't ever stop praying for those loved ones, those unsaved family members, those children, because God, as you pray for them, the Lord will deal with them. He'll initiate that salvation. Praise God. It's Him, it's God who begun the good work in us. It's not a salvation by our works, amen? There wasn't anything you could do to save yourself. The salvation is of the Lord. By grace you are saved, Paul said in Ephesians 2. By grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself is the gift of God and you. He said in verse 10 of Ephesians 2, and we are His works. Workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Salvation is of the Lord. It's not of you. And I'm going to tell you something else. Sanctification is from the Lord. It's God working in you to produce the life of Jesus in you. You can't sanctify yourself any more than you can save yourself. It's a work of the Spirit in your life as you and I place our faith in Jesus and what He's done at the cross of Calvary. Amen? Praise God. I'm about done, all right? Thank God. Somebody said about salvation, and I love this God thought it, Jesus bought it, the Holy Spirit wrought it, the devil fought it, but thank God I got it. Woo! Hallelujah! I'm glad I got it. Amen. God has begun a good work in you. Now, here's, I'm closing with this. When God begins the work, the location of the work is, he said, it's a good work in you, it's an inside job. You and I are under construction, we are his workmanship and the purpose of his work in you is found in Romans 8:29 this is what God after salvation this is the work of the holy spirit the good work that's going on inside of you it's an inside job ladies and gentlemen and in Romans 8:29 he says for whom he foreknew speaking of God he knew you he also predestined you to be conformed into the image of his son This is what this is the the, the teaching of predestination. God has predestined everyone that will accept Jesus and 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 keep their faith in him. God has predestined you to hallelujah, man. Listen, to be conformed into the image of his son Jesus. This is the work of the Holy Spirit that's going on in your life right now. You are under construction. I am a work in progress. Thank God I'm not yet what I will be, but thank God I'm not what I used to be. Can I get an amen here tonight? Amen? We are are in the process. God is in the process of making us like Jesus, and we will ultimately be one of these days in the image, the very image of Jesus. We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is and God's working in our life to make us more like him. There was a sculptor one time that had a big chunk of marble, and he was just chipping away at that marble. And um, somebody come up, a man come up to him and asked him, said, so what are you doing? And he said, well, he's chipping away. He said, I'm chiseling out a horse. And the guy looked at it, and he sees this big thing of marble, and he said, well, I don't. He said, I don't see a horse. How are you making a horse out of a chunk of marble? And the guy said, oh. It's, it's easy. He said, I just chip away everything that doesn't look like a horse. Amen. Well, you know you know what? That's what God's doing to us. He's chipping away every day. The Holy Spirit is everything in your life and mine that doesn't look like Jesus. Amen. We need to yield to Him every day and say, Lord, keep chipping away at me. Keep working in me, Holy Spirit. Take everything away. Chip everything away. Come everything away, purge everything away in my life that doesn't look like Jesus and make me into the image, conform me to the image of your son. Amen? And he said this, he's begun this good work in you. He's doing this good work in you. Look at verse 6, and he will complete it. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. God never did start a project that he didn't finish. God never started a project that he didn't finish. When he started creation, the creation of the heavens and the earth, he finished it. Genesis 2 and 1 said that the heavens and the earth were finished. The work of redemption, the work of salvation. Jesus bowed his head when he bled and died on Calvary and he bowed his head and gave up the ghost and the last words that he said on that cross were what? It is finished. It's accomplished. It's done the good work that God started in you, he's going to finish it. That's good news. Listen to me. As I said, I'm not what what I'm going to be, but God's still working. And he's going to. Paul said, I am confident of this, that he who started and begun this work in you will complete it. He will finish it. From the first day, let me tell you, if we have a first day, if we had a first day, we're going to have a finishing day. And there is nothing, saints, nothing will prevent the successful accomplishment of God's work in your life as long as you continue to believe. As long as you maintain your faith in Christ. As long as you do that, He will work in you every single day to complete, to make you more like Jesus Christ and to complete that work in your life. He said he will finish that work till the day of Jesus Christ. That day of Jesus Christ that he's speaking of there is the rapture of the church that day when the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. It's getting ready to happen, saints. When the sainted dead shall be raised and we, we shall be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye and we'll put on that glorified body. And let me tell you something, when that trumpet sounds, see, listen, he's working on us a little bit every day to make us more like Jesus. You need to be more like Jesus today than you were yesterday or last week. But listen, the completion, the total completion is Coming when the Lord sounds that trumpet and and the, and the the trump of God is sounded, and Jesus resurrects the dead, and Jesus changes us, we receive that glorified body. Can I tell you what you will be at that very moment just like him immortal hallelujah no trace of sin the sin nature eradicated glory be to god made in his image made in his likeness praise god to be as he is and he will present you and i Completely blameless and holy and without reproach before him in his sight, can you get it? Give me an amen today. Hallelujah. Praise God, give him praise. Amen. Listen, God always finishes what He starts. We may have some setbacks, and we have. We may have some hindrances and opposition from the enemy, and we will. But can I tell you, if we will continue, if you will continue to trust the Lord, if we'll continue to believe Him, and as I said, Sunday morning, when we get knocked down, we're not knocked out, we just get back up again. God will see us through to the finish and to the completion of what He started. The good work, the good work He's begun in your life. Abundant Life Family Church. This church, I believe, some would probably disagree with me, but that's because they're wrong. (laughs) This work, God begun. He started it. And it's a good work. And it was birthed of God. And it's been blessed by God. And we have faced opposition. And we have faced hindrances and the enemy has come against us in so many ways but can I tell you I'm standing on this promise tonight and I'm confident of this very thing that he who has begun this good work of Abundant Life Family Church it's his church it's his body and he will complete it and he will finish what he started until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ would you stand with me Tonight.